morning, everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am so excited to be here as usual. This is one of my places that make me so happy is to be here in the Nachum Siegel Network studio. And I'm thrilled to be here every week for everyone and including myself. And I get to see ZK. How you doing, ZK? Hey, hey. hey, all right. We've got a great show lined up for you. Um, last show was, last week's show was so like, um, so much going on. We had so much fun and we ate bread all afternoon. Um, but today's lineup is going to be, before we get into the uh, intro, the lineup is going to be today. We've got Alex Rappaport from Maspia. We have Gilla Glassberg from Talk To Us About Intuitive Eating. And then on the phone, I'm going to have Sharon Madden but from Shabbos Under Pressure. But let's take it to the top of the show. I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a personal chef. My business is called The Aussie Gourmet. Uh, Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I wrote two cookbooks, Perfect for Pesach and Perfect Flavors. I run kosher chop competitions, and I love to travel. I hope you'll hear about my cooking adventures too and my kosher food traveling and sharing of great food ideas and recipes each week. But I like to hear from you. So give me an email. Drop me a line, naomi at nachamsegel.com. By the way, the um, <coughs> sorry, the giveaway from last week with all shook up is still going this week. So, and I'll I'll announce it um later on. Uh, I'll uh, announce it in, in a couple of weeks. But um, you just to enter the for the giveaways just uh for all kinds of dried fruit and nuts picked by Malky Hirsch, kiss the kosher cook. Um, so just email me naomi at nachamsegel.com to be in the giveaway. Um, and if you have anything exciting that you've done or places that you've been to, share it with me. I'd love to hear from you. Um, this is a super exciting show, as we said. And on the line, I have my friend, Sharon Madden from Chicago on the phone Woo. with me. Sharon, what up? How Woo. are you? How's it going, Naomi? Good. I'm so thankful to be on your show. I appreciate you having me. My pleasure. And I'm so happy to hold your new baby in my arms, Shabbos Under Pressure <laughs> Cookbook. It is so great uh, when somebody releases a book and you know what it's, when one knows what it's really like to write a book. And I'm so, so happy for you. Thank you. How long did it take you to put together? So in total with life interruptions, about two and a half years. Okay. That sounds about right. um, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was a really fun experience. Um, I started writing it when I met the brand manager from Crackpot, and they had come out with a their version of the electric pressure cooker, which was supposed to be um, like an the answer to Instant Pot. Okay, so, so everyone, let's just, and then the rest is history. So, so I just want to tell everyone, Sharon's book is about using cooking with an Instant Pot. Well, actually, it's electric pressure cooker. Is so it's non-brand specific. So if okay. you have an Instant Pot brand or a Crock-Pot brand or another brand, then it will work. Aha. Uh-huh. So wait, can I just ask you a question? It may sound silly, but I'm sure other people think about this too. Crock-Pot is just a name brand. It's not, it doesn't mean slow cooker, right? No, they are, in fact, part of the conversation I had with them uh, when I saw them huh. at the Houseware Show was that... You know, do you realize that every Jewish home has one of your products in their house? 
and that was kind of a funny conversation. But no, it's a brand name, and they have many products, not just slow cookers. I so thought Crock-Pot was, was the Chalapot. What? I'm sorry, say I, that again, please? I thought yes, it was... I mean, exactly, exactly. So it's it's the ubiquitous brand name. It's like saying Kleenex for tissues. Oh, a biro for right? pen. Ah, really? Yeah, Alex is laughing. He's like, of course I knew that. Oh, I love I had no idea. So it's not called a chalant pot. Uh, it's called a chalant pot, not a, a crock pot. A crock pot is what everybody... It's a slow cooker. Ah, a slow it's cooker. a slow cooker. Ha, huh. who knew? Okay. <laughs> just, like, just like an instant pot is an electric pressure cooker. Okay, so you wrote this book for an electric pressure cooker. Instant pot is a brand of instant pressure cookers. Electric, yes. Right? Instapot is just a it. name. Like, like, wait, wait. By golly, she's got it. Right. My, by George, she's got it. No, so like, Sub-Zero is a kind brand of a fridge. You, you got you it. To, okay. I really did not. Did you know that, Gilla? Gilla didn't know it either. Okay. Uh, ZK, did you know that? ZK, so one out of four people know. <laughs> okay, great. Good to know. Good to know. So you wrote a cookbook for an instant. Any brand. Pressure cooker. Electric pressure electric, cooker. Electric. I'm pressure. writing the word down. Electric pressure cooker. Okay, I need to get mm-hmm. one, Sharon. Can you hook me up? <laughs> sure. They're on Amazon, just like my book. Okay. <laughs> Great. You know, the truth was Black Friday was the perfect time to buy them. Right. Because okay. um, they were all really reduced, but they're still pretty reasonable. It's only price, 10 months away. Without the extra sales. Uh-huh. Okay. Excellent. So let's talk about like like your book. So why why this kind of book? Are you like is well, that what you were doing at the most of your cooking through um, uh, well, electric pressure cooker? That's a good question. That's a really good question, Naomi. Um, what happened was is that after I had this experience at the houseware show with the Crockpot Company, they sent me one to play with. And you know me, I'm a foodie. I have you know I have a decent kitchen and. You know, I wasn't looking for a new appliance, and then they sent me one, and I started playing with it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. It cooks things for Shabbos in a fraction of the time that it normally would take. This is totally going to be a book because people need this. They need to learn how to use this, and they need to use it for preparations for Shabbos, especially when they're coming home late and they're rushed. Um, this is the perfect book for that. Right, and especially now, like this time of the year, we have short Fridays. You know, Fridays is like in five minutes, like – Having Lichtmenching at four o'clock is just like ridiculous. It's really early, and and this is this is why the recipes in the book are designed to cut them on the time that you would normally prepare into a fraction of the time. Can I just ask you a question? I'm looking at the gefilte fish, right? Let's use that yes. as an example. She has pictures and guides and a glossary and adorable. What's that called? An icon. Icon emoji. Emoji. You, An you, emoji. Emoji of actual Sharon. It's really cute. Yes. Um, yes. So um, it says, I'm just going to read this, okay, Play of, of the frozen gefilte fish loaves. I'm not talking about the sauce or all that, but we're talking about cooking the actual loaf. Pour one cup of added water into the EPC pot, which we all know now is electric pressure cooker. Place the carrots in the water, then place the fish on the carrots and top the Fish with a sauce. Here you use cocktail sauce. Lock and close. No, lock the lid and close the pressure valve. Cook for 20 minutes using high manual, using manual high pressure mode. Naturally release the pressure for 10 minutes, then manually release. 
chill the fish for two hours. Are you saying you can cook gefilte fish in 30 minutes? Yes. <gasps> Alex, did you know that? And and what's really nice is that um, you'll notice that there are certain areas of the recipes that are highlighted in yellow, and that's because that was one of the key features of the book. So if you have, you know, you and I have both reviewed quite a few cookbooks, and you sometimes get to a, and we use cookbooks, and we get to a recipe, and we're like, oh, man, I don't have that ingredient. Or, you know, your kids are pulling on you, and, you know, you skip a key recipe ingredient, a key, you know, like a recipe instruction, because you just didn't see it. Um, so if you'll notice throughout the book, there's highlighting of those things that are either you have to pay attention to. I'm pointing it out on our YouTube channel here. Everyone watch. We have our YouTube channel. Have a look. I'm pointing it out to the yellow gloss and the the yellow box, and it's the cute little picture of, like, cartoon Sharon. This is – Sharon, this is amazing. Thank you. Okay. It's it's The, the goal is for it to be easy to use. Um so that people who are electric pressure cooker phobic, um, yeah, that's me. Really that's, can open so me. And use it. that's so me. That's so me. Now everyone also has to know their particular machine. Like that's also important, right? Because I, I, they I may say be that slightly different for the timing or something, and I'm not going to come and check in your kitchen and see what you're doing. So you have to be a little bit responsible for well, just like any cookbook or any recipe. Oh, I say that. I say that everyone becomes at one with their oven. Like I know my oven. You know, 350 means 350 for my oven, but someone else, you know, for 45 minutes, someone else may have a different, you know, every brand is different. You know, it's a, absolutely, it's approximately, absolutely. but you become well, a Well, this is, this is meant to be, um, even if you have a regular pressure cooker, an old fashioned one, if you're experienced with it, um, you should be able to use this book. I'm blown away by the stuffed cabbage beef soup. Okay. It says 45 minutes. It takes like hours to make stuffed cabbage soup. Right. That's that's a prime example of where the pressure cooker is amazing. And I also give different options in the book of how to prepare the cabbage in advance to make the whole process easier as well. Right. Well, that's always good. I always love the cook's notes from the books. That is amazing. Crispy, crispy panko fried chicken in a pressure cooker. Am I reading that right? Yes. Yes. So this is amazing. I would never deep fry in a pressure cooker, but you can saute, you can pan fry if necessary, you can brown things using your saute brown mode. Um, I am so impressed. You know, this kind of chicken anywhere, but this is a way for you. It's less splattering because it's a taller pan. Um, And if you're making something else and you don't have a lot of time, this is a way to, to... um, use your pressure cooker to your advantage. Amazing, amazing. Sharon, can we do a giveaway to, for our audience? I would love to. Let's do a giveaway. And then um, also, where can people buy this book? Are you selling at the Judaica stores, on Amazon? So this book is published by Feldheim Publishers. Thank you oh. very much, Feldheim. Feldheim! It's, it's available on their website. It's available on Amazon.com. It's available in uh, any Jewish bookstore that carries Fallheim products. Amazing, amazing. And uh, the the reviews on the back are by three wonderful women who have all been in the studio, Paula Shoya, Jamie Geller, and Dawn Lerman. All three of them have been here, guests on the show, and they've endorsed your book. And I have never used an electric pressure cooker, and I'm totally going to get into this. 
You know, I read I read the I'm book when I got you. it, but now I'm looking at it with a different eye because now I'm really like cupping what you're saying, and I'm sure other people right. are like that too. I always felt right. a bit and overwhelmed. A lot of people have the pressure cookers in their closet. They're afraid to take them out. They seem complicated. I'm going to buy um, one. I, I don't have, have one. I also have a website, uh, shopisunderpressure.com. <gasps> it's the title of the book.com, which um, has links to where you can purchase the items that are used in the book, as well as editorial updates that have come through for the book. You know how it is. Like um, Somehow you just miss something. So those are all on... Uh, shopisunderpressure.com and I would love to hear from the readers and send me your comments and questions. Amazing, amazing. Sharon, congratulations. This is really wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much, Naomi. I really appreciate your having me and I hope that everybody goes ahead and doesn't feel the pressure. You (laughs) feel no pressure working with pressure. I want you in the studio (laughs) with me making something in under an hour. I want two foods made under an hour in the show. I think we can do it. You got it, baby. You come into the show. You You feel good. Yes, absolutely. So feel good, Sharon. If you want to win uh, Sharon's book in the giveaway, Naomi at NachamSiegel.com. And uh, Na- uh, Sharon and I will pick a winner in the next couple of weeks and we'll email- We'll let you know by email. Fabulous. But uh, Shar- uh, Shabbos, I was going to say Sharon Shabbos. Woo! Shabbos Under Pressure by Sharon Madden. Go get it now. Amazon, Judaica Plus. Jude- that's, the, my, Ju- that's my Judaica store in the five towns or, or at your local bookstore. Okay, thanks, Sharon. Thank you so much, Naomi. My pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Feel good. Wow, Sharon is amazing. You know, she ha- she's based in Chicago and she has this book that I-, I-, I was always a bit nervous. I feel a little bit less intimidated, right, by 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 getting a electric pressure cooker. Now I know what to call it. Guys, I forgot to mention one thing in the beginning. I'm going to be in Israel this coming week and I am doing a cooking demo and a dinner and a tasting and a book signing in Ranana. Okay, so if you are in Israel... And you want to meet up with me, I will be there. I'll have signed cop- copies of my book for purchase, but also I'll be in Ranana. If you're interested in attending the Ranana event, email me, Naomi, at nachamsegel.com, and I'll hook you up. I'd love, love, love to meet you all. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited about this pressure cooker. <laughs> so, okay, let's continue with our show because we have two fabulous guests of two people that I chat with all the time, Alex and Gila. Alex from Maspia and uh, Gila from Intuitive Eating, my neighbor and friend. Uh, we actually met from Instagram land inside of Gourmet Glut. Yes, we did. So, uh, okay. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Okay. Okay, can I just say something? The studio is like very hot. Do you guys feel that? Or it's just me. He put his head on. <laughs> Maybe because I'm on the microphone, but I'm like, <laughs> it's very warm in here. Okay, cool. All right, amazing. Um, Alex, how are you? Well, Hashem, thank God. Very excited. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. There's always a lot going on for, for Masfia. Sure, yeah. Look, every day. I mean, we're open in three locations. We serve about 500 dinners every day. We serve about 2,000 families packages, uh, free grocery foods that people take home every week. So there's always a lot of hustle and bustle, logistics, logistics, logistics. It's just getting between 50 and 100,000 pounds of food in and out of our facilities every week is just a logistical nightmare. Right, of. right, right. You know, my, my daughter goes to the Hebrew Academy of Long Beach and they actually came out to do a volunteer program. Yes, yes. Um, tell us a little bit more about that and how other schools can get involved and how people can volunteer for Masfia and how they can, the magic words, donate. A new year has started. Let's start off the year right. 
Sure. So exactly. Your daughter came to our Queens facility. Uh huh. So it was a larger group. It was a school. It came like maybe 30 students or more. And we had some of them doing inventory, schlepping boxes in. <laughs> some of them were chopping food. Like, like there's, there's so many different things that happen at the same time. And that's part of the logistics. We use about 1,000 hours a week of what we call free labor slash volunteers, right? So people donate their time, and we make use of it doing real work. So, and that is kind of a little also a logistical challenge where – when we need the help and when people are free is kind of not always the same time. Right, right? I would imagine. <laughs> right, so, so kind of like making sense of it. Or let's say if a school wants to come with a whole bus full of students because why bring only 10 when they're already ordering a bus, right? So then becomes for us, like, is there work for 40 people at a time or is it work for seven people at that at that time? So, right? yeah, volunteering uh, is not so simple. You might want to volunteer. It's just coordinating the volunteers can be another whole. Uh, exactly. So we have a, full st- a full-time staffer just doing that, kind of like people sending in inquiries and kind of sorting it out based on when our needs are versus when they want to come or how many people, how big the group is. Again, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Like Lior, she came and she was chopping. Uh, I think she was. I, I don't uh, remember I, I either. She was doing carrots. They sent stuff. me pictures. Uh, I was actually in Israel when this was happening on on my birthright trip, and um, you uh, you sent me a picture of Liora with her class. <laughs> right, right. So, so, so these are things that that this is ongoing. Meaning to say, we need a thousand hours of that. So that so let's say her school came for an hour and a half times thirty. That gives us 45 hours. We still need 955 hours that week. Right. So and companies can actually come in. A lot of companies, companies bring their employees and, and, for and, like... And sometimes we do the opposite. So so, so let's say we, we now have, uh, in, in the beginning of January, we had this um, singles event where we went to a shul and we did two hours of volunteering at that shul kind of combining a singles event with a volunteering. I love that. I love that. We need to daven for our singles. That's right. And, Amazing and that you did so, that and so, connecting. So, so, so that's Maybe the there'll be a shidduch out of that. I, I hope so too, right? Daven for that. So that's tzedakah and the shidduch. So it should be really a perfect That's so thing. nice. And I heard it was a sold-out event. Very, very much. We, we we actually had to like stop, literally stop. Yeah, the, don't overstuff the, an event. <laughs> um, stop getting people in because it was... Uh, was very popular and and it's really fun. What we actually did there is it was very nice. We actually put together challah ingredient kits. What that means is is we, that like what we're doing for Leora? Exactly. Oh, we're doing this for my daughter as well okay. for her upcoming bat mitzvah. So, so what they were packing is flour, yeast, sugar, oil, salt, the basic dry ingredients that people use to make challah, all in one kit. So when families come to Masbia for some free groceries they get to make at home a a batch of challah that they got from Asbia. And I'll just tell you something. Yesterday I was walking on the street and this Hasidish guy walks over to me and says, ah, he's like stalking me. I said, what, what, what happened? He says, ah, I just want to tell you thank you. So what is it? I, I don't know. No, no, I come every Wednesday to Masbia and I pick up some groceries. You should know I work three jobs. <gasps> And I can't make ends meet. And what I get to Masbia, that's kind of like at least there's something or to make sure to have food on the table for Shabbos. And I couldn't believe it. It's just a guy that you would like be at the minion or whatever. 
and you you can't say that the guy's like a lazy guy or whatever. He said he has three jobs. He and and just has a, a large family and kind of one day Hashem will give him a break and and he'll he'll find he'll figure it out. But for now he's really struggling, and and he, he needs that type of help or. Look, I, um, I'm sure uh, you, you talk about eating and whatever. I could use some help, too. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was there this Shabbos at Masbia for the Shabbos meal. I still have to come uh, to that. The, the Shabbos meal is, is very spiritual. But we were already taking off. There's someone who was there for the meal who, when we were taking the, the food off, we were still... They were still eating. So to me, that was like, this is their only meal for the day. They, they, they have so little security where the next meal will be coming from. So there was still some salad in the salad bowl after the Shabbos meal. That means after the chalant, after everything, some salad, like something we were already benching and they were still eating because uh, where's well, the next meal going to be? My heart is breaking, So there is a lot that, I can see like very firsthand a lot of people in a lot of pain for just a little bit of food. And that's what Masbia is here for, to just make a little difference in people's lives. And besides the hot meals that you can just show up for at the rest, I'm going to call it, unquote, a restaurant where they can come in, they can sit down, they can get order food. It is a restaurant. It's a restaurant without a cash register. So every night there is dinner there. In addition to that, once a week, Anyone is eligible to come pick up food that's raw food ingredients based on their family size. They could come once a week. And we try to make it a little bit bachavadik for larger families. So we have like different hours. If you want, I'll go quickly. Like Let's say today. Today we have... Um, today is Wednesday. Okay, so, just give them a... So on a, a typical Wednesday, we have seven different shifts, different categories, such as... To, in order to break down the line, so not everybody's at line at once, so we would say Holocaust survivors come at that time, large the, the, families come at the other time, and like, like the different... And you're actually open to the public a little bit as well because it, they're give, getting government ev- funds. Everybody can everybody come Everybody can come. And, and uh, um, there's... People come in the first time, they might not know all of our things... As they come in the first time, we then tell them, oh, you might find it easier for you to come at this time or at that time. So, yes, each site operates a little bit differently, different timings. So there's on our website different uh, um, hours of operations. It's on the wall outside if you pass uh, one of our three locations. Which are in Borough Park, Flatbush, and Forest Hill. Forest Hills, right. And, and, and all of them are like capacity, meaning to say there's like a lot of hustle and bustle. I mean... Today alone, like typical Wednesday, we we get um, like a trailer load delivered between the bar park and Flatbush, and and by next week we need a new trailer delivered. Like it's it's kind of the volumes is is really kind of huge just in in the in the volume of food needed to just keep this going. Amazing! It's really you know I I go down there and I've 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 been down to the the place is huge downstairs. Uh, Leora told me that they were downstairs for a little bit and they came upstairs and it's really just 
unbelievable. Now we put in actually a um, conveyor belt because if you remember, like it's a really deep downstairs, so now we can have. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, great, great. Yes. Instead of schlepping up and down those yes, big stairs. Yes, so many boxes going up and down that it was just taking a toll. Right, uh, right. Amazing, amazing. So, so, so. I just want to plug Leora's uh, page here, right? right so. My Leora, who's about to have a bat mitzvah. I cannot believe. Actually, while this is going to air, her, her English birthday is this coming week. And then her Hebrew birthday is right after Tubishvat. So, Wow. We're going to do something special. Amen. And, 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 and we... For the bar mitzvah, we're going to collect. Bat mitzvah. The, the, for the bat mitzvah. You're, you have boys. I only have girls. <laughs> I'm used to saying bat. It breaks okay. my teeth to say bar. <laughs> okay. So, so she made a goal to raise 200 halakits. So we can get, thanks to the help of the people at Keiko, that they give us a huge Yay, uh, break. Yay, Keiko! Which uh, is also known as... Affiliations with Kedem and Geffen and Kosher.com. So so they give us a very good price. We were able to get a full challah ingredient kit for about $8. Something that goes into the store. If you go into the store, you can almost pay for it $15 to $20. The flour, the sugar, the yeast, and and so on, the oil. Um, And we, for $8, we put together such a kit. So she's trying to raise 200 such kits to be able to pack them at her bat mitzvah, at the event itself. Right, so so we are actually going to, with the money raised, we are going to actually pack at the bat mitzvah in our pretty dresses. Um, Challah kits, and Alex is going to distribute them. That must be, yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm very like she, you know I you know she why she wanted to get involved because I brought her down so many times to Masbia. She's come with me when I've done some work with Alex, and she actually got to come to Union Square Market, uh, Erev Rosh Hashanah. And she was part of the uh, Simmers campaign. We had the best story. Yeah. I'll share it with her one. So um, at Union Square Market here in the city, I go there quite a lot. If you see me on Instagram, I'm, I'm always there. Um, I wish we had time to go today. <laughs> um, so Alex uh, had a booth there and we were making from produce bought at the local market, supporting the local farmers. And some of them donated the stuff to us. We were making simmers and giving it out. Um, and people people who were, did not even look Jewish were like, oh, that's simmers because they had a Jewish parent or lineage or something. So they recognized what it was. It was amazing. And and we're giving out simmers and we're cooking simmers with Reuven Diaz, our chef, the chef at Masbia. He was there. I was there. Jacqueline Elbaz from Stuffed was there. We had a great time. Um, and then Fox New York Minute came down and they videoed my girls cooking and Masbia. And I said to these two Australian women who I heard their accent, that uh, I said to them, Shana Tova. And they went, Umetuka. So, okay, great. I could hear that they're really Jewish. And um, they were visiting. And I'm like, do you have a place to go for Rosh Hashanah? And they said, no. And I invited them to come to me to eat for Rosh Hashanah. It was amazing. So You, you did know, must be at your home. I did must be at my house. What does must be mean? Must be is Hebrew to satiate or to satisfy um, we say it in Tehillim or in Benching. Benching. We ask Hashem, but open your hands and satiate, satisfy all human creatures. So we, we did Masbiya at our house. We like to think we do it every week. Um, but so Leora really had a lot of meaning behind coming down for Masbiya. They see that I do stuff. So it was super amazing that 
she wanted to do something for her bat mitzvah. She's not actually doing giveaways for her bat mitzvah um, with a class in school. There's a few, not every single girl, um, but a few of the girls decided they're not going to spend money on giveaways and they're going to give the money to Tzedakah. Wow. So there's a class uh, project in works for that. So it's super exciting. And so, we're super proud. So, so for those who want to join, right, those who want to take part in helping her get to her goal, they can go to masbia.org slash Lior Bat Mitzvah. Liora. Liora Bat Mitzvah. So it's L-E-O-R-A-B-A-T-M-I-T-Z-V-A. Yeah, so it's masbia.org slash Liora Bat Mitzvah. With no H. No H. Okay, no. there you go. We, we I didn't know who was going to do site. that. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay, and, he's and, giving me a and, plug. That the, was not my... <laughs> And there is like a there is a bar you could see where it's up to, um, so there are already some people who already. That is so nice. Look at that. Check that out. So very a... nice. And there's a picture of Leo with her class on there. Fantastic. Okay. That's so nice, Alex. I I did not know that this was going to be. That's very nice. We're very excited. We're very proud to do that. If people and we we just. I like to talk about things where I put my money where my mouth is, and I like to be involved. And in every every guest I've ever had on the show, whether it's. Giller and Alex or Melinda Strauss or Honey Applebaum or uh, the thousands of guests I've had in my eight years of doing this. I'm about to have my eighth anniversary of Table for Two. Oh, kind of. Yeah, I think uh, February is the next uh, cycle is going to be my new year kicks off. Is someone I have a connection with and I believe in. I just don't want to have things I don't – I like to have authenticity and, and it's everything I believe in and I love and I try to – present every, all this to you on Table for Two. And, yeah. and Maspia is the way to go with so many great organizations. And I see on the desk here, Sharet Tzedek Hospital sitting here on, on Miriam's desk and all great causes and everything the whole network is it does is just stuff that we just love. I, I, would, I would just say thank you for connecting Masbia with all the people you just mentioned. So many good things came out of it. We right. Both Let's talk about Adina Sussman. Adina Sussman, her cookbook, her cookbook is doing great for Masbia. The entire month of December, we're promoting her cookbook for people who give $180. People who give $180. And we were able to promote the cookbook with the help of Melinda Strauss going to both of her conferences and yeah, having Mel. the people... Um, there. So much fun. And you help promote the book, and and and, and kind of that you combined everything so seamlessly with Chesed, kind of, which is really amazing. We we really try. I think as as a people, we're very Chesed driven. You know, the Jewish community, which you know, Australia is going through a big. You know, I don't know where it's up to at this point in time, but with all the major fires that are going on and the loss of life and damage and. Every Jew across the world that has had connection with Australia is participating in the helping the wow. the Australia as a whole, even besides the Jewish community. You know, I think we're a, we're a great people. You know, <laughs> the, the Jews, and we really like come together. When Israel, whenever we need it, we're there for each other, and I love that. And Definitely. with Israel and and Australia and here in the United States, we're really it's really special. Um, okay, Alex, I hope you'll stick around. We're going to talk to a little bit about Gila. We're going to hear all about intuitive eating and we're going to connect it like with Maspia. I all... can use some help. So yeah, for sure. we could all use some help. But, um, so Gila Glassberg, and, uh, 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 the title is uh, RD. Registered dietitian, yep. Um, registered dietitian uh, is joining us. She spent years studying with a, 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 a 
a BA, an MA yep. in... Masters of Nutrition. A Masters of Nutrition. I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. She's not someone who just did a course and took a certificate. Right. Even though that's lovely. I, right. I This is someone who spent many years honing her skills and, and I'm so thrilled to have her here. We actually met in Gourmet Club. Yes, we did. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And then we became real friends. And I actually went to her house for Shabbos dinner. And it she was made so much fun. She made a feast. <laughs> my, 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 you know, Leora doesn't have little brothers and sisters because she's the youngest. So she got a real long, got really to well. Sheena and my kids, yeah. It was, it was a so lot nice. of fun. Okay, so what we're hearing the words diet all the time. We hear the words like losing weight, but you're not about that. Right, right. So I am a certified intuitive eating counselor. And actually, I'll just tell you in short, um, I became interested in intuitive eating because I suffered from disordered eating when I was a teen. And um, most people do, actually. Yeah. It's just one of those things. And diet culture, which is what intuitive eating is against, is why so many people feel so bad about themselves. Because dieting actually, um, it like hones in on that insecurity that we're not good enough. Right? And, it, and dieting sort of has taken away like healthy eating. It's all about losing weight and looking a certain way as opposed to feeling good about yourself inside. So I always say I help people, uh, I help women heal their relationship with food so that they could heal their relationship with themselves because dieting represents so many, so much body shame and negativity in their lives. Okay. Yeah, I think that's really important. Do you go to the schools and talk to the girls? So I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> I know that, I, I think that it's very controversial because people hear like, that I'm a dietitian and I don't promote weight loss, and they're thinking like, "Well, what do you promote? Like, isn't weight loss right. the most important thing, right?" They, it's right. Yeah. Even when people hear I'm a dietitian, that's the first thing they say to me. Okay, help me lose weight, and I say that's actually not what I do. I help you heal your relationship with food. And actually, what Alex was saying We're is that talk. I want you to expand <clears throat> on that in a minute. Yeah, Alex was saying that he sees people on Shabbos that even though they're probably full, they they're probably satisfied with the food. They know they're food insecure. They know they're not going to be able to eat. So that's like deprivation. Alex, you binge. should actually have maybe Gilla come down and give a talk about that. Can you do that? Uh, probably. The, the, the question is to get the audience right. right. right? But, but yeah, definitely uh, an, a, a very good idea. Uh, well, so I'll, I'll just uh, expand on what I saw. So what I saw on Shabbos, the people who come, who need our help, who come to Musby, uh, sometimes just eat, eat, and eat, and eat, and eat. And we're already benching, and they're still grabbing some scraps, like some leftover lettuce and the... Mm -hmm salad bowl and just eating because to them this is so good and so happy and so fulfilling they just can't get enough of it although like in a scientific sense the they're way beyond what they could kind of absorb right. for the they're for the, overstuffed yeah. like think thanksgiving well like my, my grandmother was in the holocaust right and she had a whole different relationship with food right like she couldn't understand she was not from after the war mm -hmm. no one is judging right. nothing right, right? like right. And she always, like, she goes, why do you have to be kosher? Because it means you're limited to eat food. She couldn't understand because she spent 10 yeah. years in starvation. Right. Right. So actually, when people are on a diet, your body doesn't know that you're intentionally um, depriving yourself. So people will often tell me that they restrict for a month, two months, three months, five months, however much, and then they go into this binge cycle and they can't stop eating and they think they're a food addict and they think something's wrong with them. And actually one of the principles of intuitive eating, there's 10 principles, is making peace with food where you actually habitually um, pick a food that you binge on and you let yourself eat it unconditionally. But that is how intuitive eating is represented poorly in, on social media because that's like the last principle. Like that's what you do when you feel, it's really the third principle, but the authors always say like you could do it out of order. 
And I'd actually like to do that last because it's much less scary when people are feeling like one of the principles is honoring your hunger, feeling your fullness. There's a hunger fullness scale because, wow, because dieting turns off your hunger fullness cues because it tells you what to eat, when to eat, and how much to eat. And actually, Hashem made us in a way that we know when we're hungry and we know when to stop. But because diet culture is so strong and it tells you, don't eat gluten. Wait, you should eat gluten. Um, don't eat fish. You should eat fish. Fish is bad for you. It has mercury. There's so much, like, you don't know what to eat. The consumer's just confused. You know what I always say when people go, I don't eat, I don't eat carbs? I go, Hashem made carbs for a reason. Right. That, literally, that's my line. I've got right. a friend who goes, I haven't had a carb in 15 years. Right. I'm like, right. well, Hashem made carbs for a reason. Like, yeah. I think you're depriving your brain. Biologically, that's actually the best source of energy, carbohydrate. You, my sister-in-law's a doctor. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I probably shouldn't have said who it was because some people might know who she is. But I think it was her or maybe someone else like in the medical field that once said she can always tell a vegetarian by their skin. Yes, by 100%. Their, okay. 100%. Because biologically, you're, you're not meeting your calorie needs, your carbohydrate needs, your protein Maybe needs. vegan, maybe vegan. Because okay, you can yeah. get, get B-vegetarian and have animal protein. Yeah, and there are definitely ways nutritionally. Like if I would have a client come to me and say, I want to meet all my nutritional needs, but I don't want to eat this for whatever reason, religious reasons or social reasons. But that you're not depriving yourself because like because you think it's bad for you. You're depriving yourself for like a social justice type of thing. So that's right. okay. So she, she said that she, it was definitely a woman that said it <laughs> in the medical field. That she said the skin on their face looks slightly different because right. they haven't had animal protein. Right. And Hashem gave us, if you're listening to this show and you're a vegan, I totally respect you. I'm not saying like, I've always been fascinated with like the whole vegan diet because mm-hmm. I, I, I like the healthy. I like, right. Right. I love eating natural. Right. But, but when did vegan become healthy? When did gluten-free become healthy? Gluten-free is only if you are, have a disease called celiac. You don't have to, it's not like you're so healthy because, you're, because you don't eat gluten. But I just think that the media hypes up all these things and you basically end up like you can't really eat anything because you can't eat gluten and you can't eat meat and you can't eat fish, whatever, all the things that you guys are saying. And like really food is supposed to satisfy you and it's supposed to make you feel good. And I always say this, like Hashem made it that you have to breathe in order to live and also eat in order to live. And breathing really isn't pleasurable, but eating really is. And dieting takes that away because it makes us feel so much guilt and shame. It like feeds into that part of us that like we're just not good enough. And like that's what I like to do. I would like to help women realize that like you're good enough at any size. You're good enough even if you don't eat healthy. I mean, right. I, I promote health, but like there's so much value placed on the way that we eat and the way that we look. And that's really not a religious, a Jewish right ideal. Of course you need to take care of the body that Hashem gave you, but like are you using like dieting as a religion? That's really right. what happens. Right. So interesting. You yeah. know, there are so I've had so many people in your chair talking about food and stuff and everyone's got their own unique mm-hmm. take on everything on right. on how they're going to be healthy and all that. But you know, like Beth Warren, I love her. I, I don't know if you've met her in real yeah. person. I, I heard her at the Kavana conference. She's great. wonderful, right? She's a good friend of ours um, in the foodie world and she always says, you should not deny yourself anything. Because then you want it more, and why should why should right. you? Right. But it's all a little bit about moderation, which right. I think you know is also a thing. Naomi Elberg taught me this once. Naomi TJS, she was actually on the show last week. She said everything in moderation, including moderation. Mm-hmm. She taught me that, and she'd heard it from someone else, but that kind of like stuck with me. Yeah. Um, what would be a message that you could give someone in terms of um, how you start to heal your relationship with food? Like so, what, is, what does that mean? So the first, I love food. We don't have yeah, a bad relationship. Right. I also love food, totally. 
I'm a big foodie. Right, I love food. I love yeah. I love to feed people. Yeah, I love feeding too. people. I get so much. I, I love writing about food. I've yeah. written two books. Yeah. I, I I think about yeah. food all day. So I actually just started this online course. We started last night where I want the women to be supporting each other because diet culture is like so loud. So last night was the first the first class. And you'll be doing this again because my listeners want to definitely join so, up with you. Yeah. So the first thing that I do is I ask them about their relationship with food growing up. I ask them like, what were the messages? What were the underlying messages that you got in your house? Was it that like if you gained five pounds, you weren't good enough? You weren't socially accepted? You didn't? You weren't smart enough? Like so much negative. Um, body image or food relationships that they bring up and they say yeah like I felt totally fine about my body but I was bigger than my sisters so my sisters were able to get cake and I wasn't you know how painful that is for a child yeah. they're sitting at a table everybody's eating cake and they're not allowed they're, they're eating an apple and a lot of times it is genetic two kids eat the same way and one kid's heavier and, and one kid's skinnier just like um, I was just talking I, I, I have this private whatsapp chat for the for the um, online course, I was saying, think about weight as your shoe size. Can you do that? Can you neutralize it? You can't because there's so much pain placed on that number. But sometimes, like, we're just a certain weight because of medical reasons, because of certain medications that we're on, because of genetics. And we, we don't want to accept that because the media is really hyping up that you are unhealthy if you're overweight. And an overweight really is, like, an erroneous thing because the BMI isn't really supposed to be used as something to categorize people as healthy or unhealthy. I actually just read an article that said that um, overweight used to be 27, a BMI of 27, but they decided that 25 would be easier for people to remember. So all of a sudden, everybody became overweight who was, who was Oh, it 25. is ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And people I raise, I'm raising so. four daughters. Well, some are bigger than others. Some have raised already. But you're still raising when you still have 20-year-old something. Right. I didn't have a scale in my house because I didn't you. want it to be about a number. I never right. had a scale in my right. house. Right. Good for you. Yeah, there's there's just so much pain that's placed on that number. And actually, um, I also work with people who have eating disorders. And we talk a lot about um, what your value system is and how much of your headspace is taken up with dieting and how you look. And for people with an eating disorder, it's 80 to 110% because they even dream about it. They dream about food. And that's what happens when I you also place dream about food. <laughs> That's because you're a foodie. <laughs> but I'm talking about people who are like literally starving. And that's, that is a symptom of starvation, that you actually have more food thoughts. Really? Yeah. Uh, is that like why on Yom Kippur, at like 6 o'clock onwards, yes. all we do is think about food? Yes, yes, yes. Really? That's a really it's like good a thing? Point. It's yes. proven? It's, bio it's a biological. Your body's reinforcing you to eat. Okay, so you should just know on Tisha B'Av, I spend from 1 o'clock onwards in the kitchen cooking. Right. You can't eat a thing. Right. 100%. It has to do with the Holocaust. It has to do with food deprivation. Your body is trying to get you to eat and feel satisfied and feel like you're... Must be, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. yeah. Right? We, we can see it in so many sad ways. I mean, yeah. we love to do, like, we love to eliminate our bread line. We don't want, a, like, a line on the street ever. But to some people, it's like, like, they, they already come, like, hours before. Right, uh, Alex, I was with you at Must Be a. One morning when we're doing something for NBC. Yes, yes. Correct? Yes, yeah. We, and they we, were we lining came, uh, up. By Mama, 5 o'clock in the morning, I you came were there. to you before 5. I left 5 towns to get to Borough Park before the sun came up. Yes. And there was and a line out the door. And and we work hard to eliminate that. But, but part of that is that they were told that we're going to open about 7. Why were they there at 5? Kind of that, that yeah. kind of. It became like a thing. Yeah. yeah so it's, it, the the idea like survival instinct yeah. that's what it is but yeah. it can't how does this happen like so 
like as you said, we like trauma, but this is America, right? You think so, not the Holocaust anymore, like right, right, right. right. So, so, so definitely, we, we work on it. We, I, I could you say lose we, a job, you lose Panasa, yeah, you can't right. buy food. I right? guess you I, don't budget well. You don't I, budget well. well. I, I'm, I'm, I, I would say just, just for that, like so, you, so you came in the summer. By now, we have eliminated it mostly. Meaning to say, we have taught people that there is enough. We, we They're worried the, that you're going to run uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, so, so there is. So, so the idea that there is enough helps. We explain to them that they're they're just losing their own dignity by kind of lining up. Mm-hmm. So so we work on those problems. Some days hunger wins, like right. where they there's the, these lines. But for now, I could say January 2020, in that site, we have the hand up, and there's right. less Baruch lines Hashem. now. Do you find summer is harder than winter, or winter harder than summer in terms of food needs? Atmosphere. Depends on so many different things. I'll just give you an example. Sometimes when there is a blizzard, nobody goes out, right? But sometimes when there is a blizzard, nobody goes out and all the stores are closed. We're the only place that has food. So even the people who would panhandle and get a little food or whatever, they can't even buy food now. So they we're the only place open. So it's kind of like all over the place. It's very hard to predict what kind of does for us. Obviously, we have more fresh produce available um on the on in the summer than the winter now now and if you go these days to Masbia, there's a lot more shelf stable items when you were there you were making your favorite what is it called the kitchen sink soup what is it? the kitchen sink soup right right you just take whatever you can saute the vegetables and make a soup right so so so, so it's it's very different it's very like it's 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 very different of what we have in stock very different of what type of people come let's say Seniors love to come when only when it's there's light out there in the winter they come less because they got to be home back earlier like they want to be home by three o'clock before it started getting dark. In the summer, there's more chance of seniors to come. It's it's very right right. So yeah, so basically it's, you're describing the same thing with dieters. Like there's so much of a psychological component here is that you were saying like you were telling them there's going to be enough food there's going to be enough food it's so that's good what i had you both together yeah, that's what i have to teach my clients there's always going to be enough food like you don't have to deprive yourself in order to be healthy and um, one of the principles is not using food to cope with your emotions now some people <laughs> food has been like their best friend their entire life when they were going through a divorce or when they had some sort of childhood trauma they didn't have anyone except for food right food has been by their side forever and they're always using it to cope with any type of emotion, boredom, um, loneliness, anger, and they don't even realize that they're doing it. There's a lot of mindless eating because there is a lot, there's an abundance of food and maybe they won't be using like drug or alcohol, but they so do have food. That was my next question. Does alcohol play part of into your intuitive eating? Intuitive so people- drinking? Because <laughs> I, I definitely have intuitive <laughs> drinking. So you don't have to drink in order to live, but you have to eat in order to live. Right. So there is, people have this, I guess, fear because, like, you can't not eat. You can't not eat. You have to eat. So you have to figure out a way that, like, you get rid of, like, your food fears and you, you're able to realize that food is there to nurture you. And, by the way, it's okay to eat sometimes for comfort. Like, when a baby is born, the first thing that a baby does is drink sweet milk. There's lactose in milk. And that's a learned beautiful thing, right? When we right. have Shabbos, when we have... Um, any type of celebratory thing, we have food for a reason. And I think that dieting just creates this whole negative cycle in all ways, right? Like you go to a Shabbos meal, 90% of the conversation is about dieting. Why do you think that is? Uh, not in my house. We talk about, you know what we talk about in, in, in our neighborhoods? How much tuition is. 
Right. Well, I hear it from everyone, especially right. because of my profession. Right, 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 right. So it's just like, how much are you going to We don't talk about food, this? don't get me wrong. <laughs> well, food is great to talk about, but I'm talking about like, oh, I went on this diet and I lost 10 pounds. Well, you lost 20 pounds and I feel so horrible about myself. And then what happens? They gain it back. Diet, there's no scientific research to show that dieting leads to long-term weight loss. Actually, that's interesting. You think of all the people you know who have went on diets. How many have kept it off? Well, this is what I always say. Where you look, you know, like the key is keeping it off. I, Why like, do you think they can't keep it off? Because it's Cause shit, right. It's not dieting doesn't really work. Right. It's the, the thing. It's the relationship with food yeah. that you need to right. heal. Right. Am I exactly. getting it right? You got it. You know, yeah. a lot of our religion, right? There's a joke, something about the Jewish people, right? It's like they they try to kill us. We survive. We survive. Let's eat. Right. 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 Every week. <laughs> it's every religion, though. Right. Right. No, true. True. But like, think about like I once went. I don't know if I've spoken about this on air. I once went with a friend, maybe t- more than twelve years ago, it was before Leo was born, to a Weight Watchers meeting, and I did lose weight through Weight Watchers when I mm-hmm. lived here on the Lower East Side after my third daughter was born. I walked to Fourteenth Street, and we'd all go like as a a culture thing. Community, like, yeah. Yeah, me and, me and my friends, we push our kids in the stroller and we'd mm-hmm. walk up uh, First Avenue, make yeah. a left on 14th Street and we'd go to the meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, and, I, and, and I lost some weight and whatever, it's all been put back on plus some. Right. Mm-hmm. As we get a little bit older. Most people gain back the weight and some. Right, so I went to Weight Watchers mm-hmm. um, and they were talking about how to get through a Thanksgiving meal. And me and my friends rolled our eyes and like, we have Thanksgiving Friday night, Shabbos lunch, and Shalosh it is. Right. That's three times mm-hmm. in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get through one meal. Right. One one year. Right. Once a year. Right. But it just, you're. But you're, it's hard for us. Yeah, but you're also bringing up a really good point is that dieting is like a community thing. Like people who are on a diet feel like they're a part of something. Right, there's, there's a, I know a whole group in my neighborhood and a wonderful, everyone's yeah. losing weight and they're journaling right, it. Right, right. And there's WhatsApp groups to do it together. I mean, right. there is something to be said. Alcoholics Anonymous is also a support group. I, that's why I actually started my support group. But I want to teach women that, like, yes, it's important to take care of yourself physically, nutritionally, mentally, but how much time are you investing? You know that what people who are on a diet are, are thinking about what they're eating 80% of the day. You have that, kids. That's also you have me. A job. You have a, right. Okay. Well, that's part of your job. But I'm just saying that, like, in a negative in a negative way, people are thinking about, oh, if right. only I could lose the weight, right? If only I could, and it's not it's not big, it's not really bringing them joy. It's really bringing them. So shame. how does one go forward? How are we breaking this cycle? So I'm well, trying really hard. <laughs> okay. So here you have an audience. We've got a couple thousand people. I like to think listening in right now. Let's all take a new step. Okay. 2020, January of 2020. Okay. Tell me what I'm doing so, as I pick at this. Okay, so first of all, a really good step is to read the book Intuitive Eating, written by two registered dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. The fourth okay. edition is coming out in June, and there is a workbook. So you could sort of like do some of the exercises on your own. You could work with me. I'm an inter- intuitive eating coach. Um, and you want to start to realize where diet culture is playing in your life in a negative way. Like, how does it interfere with your life? Do you not engage in social outings because of the way that you're eating or the way that you look? That's a really big problem, right? Um, you want to think about when you're hungry and when you're full. Get in touch with your hunger and fullness cues. There's a scale. You could look it up online. Um, you want to um, stop, e- stop using food to cope with your emotions. So sometimes that means journaling, meditating, going to a therapist, realizing the emotions that you're not dealing with. And actually, I, I do a lot of, like, Dr. Sarno work. You know, Dr. Sarno, healing back pain. 
So, okay. Healing, actual healing back, back pain. Yeah, he wrote a book called Healing I Back Pain. I have a lot of back pain. Yeah, so he, he's a medical, he was a medical doctor. He passed away, and he talks about this condition where you have a really um, bad pain in your back, and, but it doesn't lead to any nerve damage. And he realized that that is caused from mental stress. It's actually people who have um, psychological trauma that they never dealt with, and your body holds on to it. In your back. Your body holds on to it in your back because there's a certain blood vessel that constricts and it doesn't create permanent nerve damage. So I've done, I've done like a lot of medical research when it comes to You're this stuff. You're amazing, Gila. <laughs> Thank you. So it's really like scientifically based that, you know, people, they carry stress. People get migraines, people get back pain. Yeah, but they I, don't I get headaches. Them. I'm yeah. a headache person. Yeah, because you probably have some sort of emotion that you're not dealing with on a regular mm. basis. Think I about don't know. It. Think about it. I think I work too much. Right. I can agree. Yeah. <laughs> I could agree too. Sometimes working too much also fills a need. Like we don't want to like whatever. People have different things. They don't want to be by themselves. They don't want to feel bored. Something like that. Oh, that's mad. I want to feel bored. Maybe it's not a bad I, thing. I can't be bored. Okay. Maybe that emotion isn't a bad thing. I have thing. to say like doing nothing really stresses me out. Right. <laughs> Some people love doing nothing and staying at home and chilling out. That makes me nervous. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I like to like, if I find I'm like, oh my God, I'm home alone. Hmm. What should I do today then? Yeah. Like rather than like. Yeah. Just sitting. Yeah. Just sitting. Yeah. Not in my DNA. Just, right. just sit. Right. Some, but some people actually like they can't be by themselves. So that's like they're using overworking to not deal with it. Is that me? And we have Think a about therapy it. session <laughs> right here in the Nakha. I'll get, where's the couch? Where's the couch? <laughs> I know. It turns, it, it definitely it's, turns into a therapy into session. A th yeah. See, Kate, that's therapy mm. on you. What's your relationship with food? Mm, we love it. <laughs> you know what? I, when I was on birth, right, the counselors, like me, Tzvi, and the two other counselors, Majuchim, tour guy, we're not allowed to drink on birth, right? right I remember you telling me yeah, that. You were sad about it. Let me just tell you something. I was pretty sad. <laughs> Because I'm a foodie, right? Food and drink go together, yes, right? So totally. I didn't drink I seriously for 10 days. I was dry. And somebody goes, can't you have a drink? I'm like, no. And then I would turn around and go, I'm going to a meeting now. <laughs> it's, you know, when you want something and yeah. you can't have it, then yeah. you want it more. But I, yeah. you know, you don't drink. I would never put, I would never cross that line. Never do put anything in jeopardy. Like right. when my job right. for birth, right? I was... Right. So honored you. to go, and I'm like, no, right. this, these are the rules, and that's it. And, right. You know, that's I'm also not an alcoholic. So right, right, good. I didn't physically need it. I right. just enjoy it, you know, when you have a great meal, and Israel has so many great meals. Yeah, that's true. But, so. you know, it's it's food food and wine and food and life and balance. Yeah. And, and enjoying yourself. Enjoying yourself. Fun. Like, yeah. you want you want to have fun in your life. You yeah. want to have a – you don't want to live for food, right? Right. right. You don't want to live for food, but – um, so actually, Beth Warren talked about this at the Kavana conference. Self-care is a big part of intuitive eating. So when you're not taking care of yourself, like you're not meeting your basic needs, whether it's physical, you're not eating enough, sleeping enough, or emotionally, you don't have good boundaries with people, you're not dealing with your emotions, food becomes much more rewarding, actually. So a lot of, and chronic dieters have that issue a lot because of the restrict binge cycle. So they're restricting their food, then they're using food. Um, because they're number one deprived and number two they're using it as an emotional tool so it's like like I said before it's like their best friend their only friend and you if you're not taking care of yourself you're not meeting your needs food becomes much more rewarding right beautiful does that make sense wow. I think we we learned a lot here today sure, this is a sure. very deep deep class definitely the deep definitely. session it was a class it wasn't a radio show it was a class today yeah. therapy session it, it reminds me a lot of what's in the 
Svarim and what's yeah. in Musser and right. Hasidus about food and yeah. stuff. I'll just say something very shortly. Yeah, please. My, my Rebbe, uh, I'd have an Kosov in Borough Park. So he said once that what Chazal wanted with our um, Shabbos food is that we should come out, like, after the meal, there should be some sort of, like, a good feeling to yourself that you could now, like, learn for two hours or do something right. for Hashem, like... Turns out what we end up doing is, like, after the meal, we go bust. Right. right. Well, yeah, Shabbos yeah. Menucha, hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what, what he was, was trying to say is that there is food and there is food. Right. Food needs to elevate you, put you in a good state. Right. But if the food pulls you down and you finish the meal and you're all, then, right. then you, you, you kind of botched that. The right. goal. Like you, you, right. you, I, I tell you, you up, that. it took you down. You know what we do at our Shabbos Haven? I, I know this is a thing amongst from people is you nourish your bellies and then you nourish your soul. So we try to always have a Devar Torah as well to feel, to nourish our souls. So my husband will speak or my daughter. We always say, what part? What's your name? Pasha. You now have Pasha someone questions. with smicha at home, right? Yeah, yeah. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> but we're all like, we always like to learn. We always like to you know, ask our guests if they have a Devar Torah, but there's another way of satisfying your Shabbos table besides food is like a little bit with Torah. Yes, 100%. And that's why I said I help people heal their relationship with food and ultimately themselves because I try to actually get them to realize that the dieting and food is like a mask for something else. Like I was talking about Dr. Sarno. Like, is it that you're not dealing with your emotions? Is it that you're engaging in you don't eat all week and then Travis comes and then you binge so that doesn't feel good it feels really uncomfortable and right. besides for the health implications it's just doesn't you're using food in a way that doesn't feel good right right you know all right guys this has been amazing to hear more about Maspia and to get involved with Maspia you can reach out to Alex anytime maspia.org you could also email me naomi at nachamsegel.com and i can put you in touch with Alex directly i'm personally involved in must be and i love 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 i just feel like it's it represents who i am and feeding people and i can feed more people who need it to be nourished um as well so um you can f- find alex there um gila glassberg wow this is great finally i get you on the show thank you so much it's uh, been it was amazing. a pleasure it's and by the way gila is a, an amazing cook I, I i i had i was at her house for shabbos you know, about a month ago, it was pouring rain. <laughs> and you brought the thing from Australia. We, well, I bought a pavlova, pavlova from Australia. We all loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, from I actually physically carried it in my hand luggage because I just came back from Australia. Um, so, uh, you can find Gila on Instagram at Gila Glassberg, and they can email you. Gila Glassberg at Yahoo.com. Oh, I also Yahoo still. Yeah, yeah I have Yahoo. a Gmail account because, you so know, when people yeah. make fun of my yeah. Yahoo account, yeah. but... Um, or you can find, uh, and I can put you in touch with her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well great show uh, today. I was very excited. And Sharon, Sharon's book. Remember the giveaway. Email me, Naomi, at If you want to win, Shabbos Under Pressure, using the, I wrote it down, electric pressure cooker. Okay, I'm excited. I might go get myself one. Um, okay, fantastic. We have an amazing show next week. I'm having cocktails and cooking going on in the studio uh, coming up next week on the show. So make sure you tune in. And want to wish everybody a good Shabbos. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kenem all the way up until Lich Benching. Happy cooking, everyone. Shabbat Shalom.